You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday the 21st of January. I'm Jane Kavanagh from our Corporate Treasury Desk and I am joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan who will provide us with his thoughts on the markets in the coming week. Ollie, in your latest article in the Irish Examiner, you refer to the currencies as entering a period of remarkably narrow trading ranges, sterling aside. You might elaborate on the lethargic ranges we are experiencing. Yeah, well, certainly for the last year or two, um, the main currency pairs, main FX rates, have been confined to remarkably narrow trading ranges. Dollar-yen, for example, is a currency that's moved a lot in recent decades from very high to very low levels. But over the last three years, it's been confined to a very, very narrow trading range. It's been about 105 to 114. Uh, you know, it has been as high as 160. It's been down around 80. But to spend three years in such a narrow range is quite exceptional. And then closer to home, um, you know, we've just seen in 2019 the euro confined to its narrowest trading range against the dollar since the currency came into being uh, 20 years ago. Uh, All the trading there has been around a range of just 109 to 115. And indeed, a lot has been around 111, 112 in the last three or four months. But for the last year, that's just a trading range of 5 or 6%. Now, we all know currency markets are traditionally volatile, but that has not been the case for uh, the last 12 months. And indeed, in the case of some exchange rates, for a period of a couple of years. And it's not just the yen or the euro. You can look at the Canadian dollar, you look at the Aussie dollar, uh, you look at the Kiwi dollar. They've all been quite range bound now for a year, year and a half. And that is unusual. Uh, now, what's behind that is, well, firstly, what we've seen in the past is what people call carry trades in markets, where traders would borrow from very low interest rate currencies, let's say the yen, and invest in higher yielding currencies, be it the Aussie dollar or the Kiwi dollar or the sterling or whatever. But virtually everywhere, rates are pitched at very, very low levels. So that has gone out of markets um, and is not as evident as it was in the past in taking some of the volatility out of markets. Now, notwithstanding that, I mean, if you look at the last 12 months, we've had currency trade wars. We've had a sharp slowdown in global growth. We've had heightened geopolitical tensions. Uh, uh, and we had a big shift in monetary policy from from you know from rate hikes in 2017-18 to rate cutting June 2019. So it was pretty surprising to see those currencies uh, settle in such uh, narrow trading ranges. And looking out, you'd have to think um, again. Just look at the last three or four months, the very narrow trading ranges we've seen. Again, apart from sterling, you'd have to think of the year ahead. Very little is anticipated in terms of interest rate moves probably a small cut in the UK, maybe in the US, but that'd be about it. So interest rates being confined to narrow ranges, it may well be that uh, we continue to see these very narrow narrow trade ranges for the main exchange rates. Moving on to the UK, uh, Ollie, the UK Chancellor, Mr Javid, was quoted at length over the weekend, referring as he did to the EU rules in post-Brexit trade talks, as well as economic growth. Where next for the UK and Brexit negotiations? Have his recent comments perhaps stoked fears of a hard Brexit? Well, I think his comments are interesting to go over. I mean, he, he said in the FT over the weekend, he urged businesses to adjust to a future where Britain no longer adheres to EU rules and regulations. There will not be alignment. We will not be a rule taker. Now, we haven't commenced the trade negotiations yet. Uh, the UK, as we know, is due to leave at the end of the month and negotiations will then start in February or March. But if that's the starting off point for the UK, it, it does set up the, the risk 
that what we'll get at the end of the transition period at the end of this year and remember the UK has also ruled out an extension to, to the transition period is either going to be no deal or a very poor trade deal because the EU is absolutely adamant that they want a level playing field so if the UK wants access to European markets it has to play by EU rules I mean that's the bottom line the EU wants to protect the single market so the more the UK seeks to diverge from the EU in terms of regulatory alignment the poorer the trade deal they will receive, if any trade deal. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it, it does increase the risk that, okay, we've ha- we'll have a smooth exit and a transition period at the end of January, but we really won't know what shape Brexit actually takes until that trade deal is negotiated or not, as maybe the case may be. And that line from the UK certainly sets up the prospect of something that would resemble a hard Brexit at the end of this year. So Sterling has lost a bit of ground uh, in the opening couple of weeks of the year. Now, it's partly due to growing expectations around a rate cut, which we can talk about a bit more, and also soundings that the UK is going to take quite, let's, I won't say a hard line, an independent line, and look for uh, autonomy over regulations, that it won't be a, real, a rule taker from the EU in these tra- trade talks, which are due to start in a few weeks' time. Thanks, Sally. Well, Brexit-driven sterling was, of course, the notable anomaly when we talk about the benign trading ranges. You referred to the interest rate outlook and indeed, of course, uh, the outlook for a harder Brexit. How do you see sterling performing in light of this in the coming weeks and months ahead? Well, as you say, I mean, we started off talking about the narrow trading ranges for currencies last year and the notable exception was sterling. And sterling basically moved between 83 and 93 against the euro uh, over the last 12 months. Uh, it got down to 83p just after the election, but the euro has recovered ground since then. It's back up around 85, 85.5p. I do think uh, you mentioned a rate cut as well. The Bank of England is meeting next week, and markets are becoming increasingly convinced that the Bank of England will cut interest rates because of the persistent weakness of the UK economy. Now, now that's down to two factors. One is the global economy obviously weakened in the last 12 months, but also that's been exacerbated in the UK by ongoing uncertainty around Brexit. And certainly industry did not welcome the Chancellor's comments at the weekend. They're alarmed at the prospects that uh, you know there'll be regulatory divergence, it'll make trade harder to do with the EU. And it's not good for UK growth prospects either this year or next. Um, so the markets, and, and they're taking the soundings also from the Bank of England officials, in particular the Governor Mark Carney, that um, if they see continued weakness in the UK economy, they will lose some monetary policy. So at this stage, the Bank of England is meeting next week, and the markets are pricing about a two-thirds possibility of a rate cut that would take rates down from 75 basis points to 50, so a, a 25 basis point rate cut and if it's not delivered in uh, at the end of January the markets have fully priced in a rate cut by the end of May now you go back to even before Christmas and you know the markets thought rates might be cut by possibly 10 basis points in the UK this year by the end of the year that is now they're saying we'll definitely get a 25 rate a 25 basis point rate cut in the first half of the year no later than May so uh, in terms of steering I do think um that their downside risk there. Um, I think the rate cut is very much priced in at this stage, so it's not really that. I think if these trade these trade talks are likely to prove very difficult and fractious, and uh, there'll be concerns. I think as the year progresses, of what the outcome may well be. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the euro uh, rise back up towards ninety p uh, against uh, sterling over the course of the year. 
notwithstanding the fact that we think most other currency pairs will remain quite range-bound. So I think it could be a replay, a bit of Groundhog Day, really, uh, in 2020. A lot of the currency markets likely to remain range-bound, but the outlier in that regard will remain sterling and very much driven by the ebb and flow of news around the trade talks, Brexit-related matters, whether we get a trade deal, um, maybe talk about um, possible extension to the uh, to, to, to the extension period beyond 2000, end 2020. So you can see there's lots of factors there that will drive sterling back and forth. Uh, now, the, the market has squared off. The market was quite short sterling last year, and then it, it bought sterling back as we got a withdrawal agreement finalised and the, the Conservative Party won the election. So, uh, you know, that increases the capacity of the market to go short again, the UK currency, uh, and put down pressure on that currency if it starts to suspect that this could end in a car crash in terms of the trade talks for the UK economy. So the one currency, as I say, that remains likely to see a lot of volatility is sterling in 2020. Super. Finally, Ollie, moving across to Europe, the ECB will meet later in the week on Thursday. Tell me, what untold excitement awaits? Well, not a lot. I think all the action will be uh, at the end of the month will be in, uh, all eyes will be focused on the Bank of England. The reality is the ECB cut rates uh, last autumn and took other easing measures, you know, restarted quantitative easing, uh, better liquidity terms in terms of repo operations, a broad-based package of easing measures. But a lot of the council weren't happy with that. Uh, a lot of the governing council of the ECB, we now have a new president in place. They're reviewing the monetary policy. So I think it's fair to say that the ECB is very much off the pitch in terms of uh, monetary policy actions, possibly even with the first half of the year. And also, when you look at the economy, now there are early signs that activities begin to stabilise in the Eurozone economy. And we will get PMI data this week, flash PMI data for January. We'll see whether there's further signs of stabilisation in the economy. And then some movement upward in inflation as well in the past couple of months. Um, so those two developments alone would also, uh, I think, give rise to an ECB, which is very much in wait-and-see mode. It has indicated we did introduce a significant easing measures last autumn. Uh, we want to see how these will impact on the economy. And, you know, monetary policy measures often take six to 12 months to impact activity. So from the ECB's point of view, I say it's very much off the pitch. Um, I don't think it'll be a very exciting ECB meeting or press conference. We have uh, Madame Lagarde as the new ECB president. So I think she will get time uh, to get her feet in under the desk before she's got to make any major policy decisions in terms of rates, etc., uh, for the Eurozone. So ECB, I would say, almost a non-story for the first half of the year. The focus will primarily be on um, the Bank of England. And also, in terms of the Fed, which meets before the end of the month, the market's priced in a rate cut there, but the Fed says policy is very much on hold. So we'll be listening to see what the Fed has to say, because obviously it's facing an election later on in the year. So if it's going to move policy, it won't probably do it in the first half of the year. I can't see a change in rates in the, you know, the direct run-up to the elections in early November. Ali, insightful as always. Many thanks. And also a big thanks to customers, colleagues and listeners alike for joining us. To stay up to date with all our latest podcasts, please make sure you press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. 
authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.